We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 107 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast where Marissa is queen, Captain is queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. Today's episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Please welcome back Amanda from Fictional Hangover Podcast. Hey. <laughs> you were just here. I know. I was just here. It was like yesterday. I like literally just finished editing and scheduling your episode. <laughs> <laughs> your last episode. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just I'm just going to become like a permanent second member. That's fine. fine with me. It's fine. That's fine. I don't have any second members anymore, so. Hey, as long as I don't have to edit it, I'm yours. Whenever I know, that's you how need I feel. me. <laughs> when, pe- when people invite me to do their podcast, I'm like, I'm like, phew, I can do or say whatever I want because I don't have to edit and it's fine. <laughs> mm. I do feel bad if I mess up, though, because then I know that somebody else has to do that work. But I know. I, I feel badly about it, too. But then I think, you know what? It's fine. Editing is not that bad. Bethany is a talented editor. Aw, thank you. you I can always use more practice, right? Right. You want me to just like (laughs) say a bunch of curse words? Just randomly throw them in? Yep. Make it easier. I got to beep it out. (laughs) Please do. So even though it's only been like a week, are you reading anything different? I am currently reading Eye of the Storm by Jackson Ford. It's the third book in his Tegan Frost Frost Files series, and it's really great. Good. I'm really enjoying it. Psychokinesis, moving <clears throat> stuff with your mind. It's Always great. Cool. Yes. There's been car chases and gunfights and explosions it's it's really intense it sounds like it it's a lot of fun though we're talking to jackson ford on the podcast in a couple of weeks so (gasps) everyone should check that out yeah we just talked to amy mccaw author of mina and the undead it's a brand new vampire book set in new orleans in the 90s it's fantastic, so you should check that out. And we talked to I Kendara did. Blake a couple of weeks ago. We we like talking to authors. Kendara Blake, did she write Anti-Goddess? Yes, she did. So I own that, but I haven't read it. That's the book that we talked about. That's the one that we I invited her on to talk about. Move it up on my list. It's 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 great. Did you see my cosplay for that one? I coughed up a feather. Yeah, I loved that you were coughing <laughs> up a feather. I thought that was adorable. Oh, that happens in the book, too. <laughs> Just a heads up. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Feathers. <laughs> so oh. I am still reading Hunting Prince Dracula. Um, 
But I'm almost done, so then I'll start escaping from Houdini. I'm really loving this series. Um, I think it's a good series. Did you ever start yeah. reading Vampire Academy like I told you to? Like I forced you no, to? No, it's on the list now, but that mm. list is like a, mm. a mess. I keep going – like my list – my TBR list doesn't have like a function – it's whatever I'm in the mood for. Just, I just pick something off the list, you know? Like, I have everything kind of separated by genre. Mm. So, like, if I'm in the mood for vampires, then that would be what I would go to. Does that make sense? Yes, but um, yeah. can I just say that you should always be in the mood for vampires? <laughs> my my vampire experience is, is three things, uh, or four things. Lost Boys, which gave me nightmares when I was a child. Uh, the Buffy and Angel universe, because, you know, I grew up in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and the Twilight series. That's my entire vampire catalog. It's good. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Speaking of Buffy, though, and Kendara Blake, she's got a new trilogy that's going to be coming out in uh, next year, I believe. And it's it's in the Buffy universe. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it sounds like a lot of fun. She doesn't have a lot of details out about it now, but if you would like to hear more of that discussion, check out the fictional Hangover bonus episode featuring Kendara Blake. Pitch, pitch, pitch the podcast. <laughs> plug, plug. plug it, plug it in. <laughs> yes. Oh my um, gosh, now I want to sing that song, and I think I still know the words. You probably should. So, um, I want to give you a heads up. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's a lot of construction noise behind me, I probably will not talk. Okay, so that's you, fair. So, it's it's less uh, terrible to edit out, just so fair you know. Enough. So, let's talk about some really cool fan art. Okay. The first one is from Blind Thistle on Tumblr and it's Everett Hale in his uniform and I love it. There's very little Everett Hale fan art at all. Oh, I struggled a lot to find some for this book. So I'm super happy to have this. I think he looks amazing. He looks very stoic and handsome and I love all the details on his uniform. Like he's, he's got a lunar insignia over his heart. And then on the other side has like all of his ribbons. And since my husband's in the military, I know those things. <laughs> <laughs> Like, for example, my husband's uh, U.S. Air Force goes over his heart and his name is on the other side. Because mm. you give them your heart. Oh, is that why or did you just make that up? That's just how I remember where it goes whenever I have to put patches on his uniform. <laughs> oh. But that well, is where it goes. That. Yeah, that is where it goes. That's really good fan art. It's pretty, right? It is. That's why I like doing book character cosplay because yeah. I pick some really obscure stuff sometimes because no one, uh, no one has seen it. You know, you you imagine it, but there's not a whole lot out there. So, even if it's not books that I've read, I still love looking at all of your cosplay. <laughs> like the one you did today. Oh man, you you were you were dressed up as a gentleman. What is that from? That's uh, Dracula. That's, That's 1992. Dracula? That's 1992 Dracula featuring Gary Oldman. You need to look at a picture of Gary Oldman wearing those sunglasses. Right now. 
Carrie, I'm not going to lie. I think it's pretty dead on. (gasps) It's perfect. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right down to the little jewelry on the, the neck ascot. Damn. See, your cosplay is so cool. Thank you. And I love your Cinder one, of course. But, like, I just... Even if I haven't read the book, I love looking at all the cosplay you come up with because I think it's so cool. Thank you. I went with Dracula this time because, like like I said, we talked about Mina and the Undead, and it's about 90s vampires, and there's a whole lot of pop culture references for that time period. So they're talking about the Lost Boys, and they're talking about Interview with the Vampire, and they're talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula featuring Gary Oldman. Like, all of this stuff is in there. And it's just, it's such a good book. It's a debut. Everyone should go and read it. It's really great. Yeah, I'm excited. I love, um, okay, not to sound like super Romanian, but I do love Dracula folklore. (laughs) Which maybe that is because I grew up with like different versions of it. But I, I absolutely love Dracula folklore, which is why I'm really excited about reading Hunting Dracula or hunting Prince Dracula in this stalking Jack the Ripper series and why I'm looking forward to reading the vampire diaries. Maybe, maybe when I'm done with this series, I'll still be on a, a, a supernatural kick and I'll read vampire diaries. Isn't there a lot of them though? Vampire Academy, not vampire diaries. Vampire Academy. I think I did that last time. And you, you did, me. you did. And it's okay. Vampire diaries there are six vampire academies. There are, and then there's a spinoff of another six. And there are quite a few vampire diaries. I don't know how many because I haven't read those, but I have watched the TV show. I had a friend who said the TV show was really good. Oh, it is. There are beautiful, beautiful vampires. <laughs> beautiful. Very, very attractive men in that series. <laughs> You know what? I'm pretty sure my local used bookstore has some of these. I like vaguely remember seeing them. Okay, it's on my calendar to go and get them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I believe you. Do you want me to tag you in the calendar? Because <laughs> you know my only, Google Calendar has all kinds of crap on it. Only Ooh, if I can it's get properly it on my coded. You can. <laughs> I have my my calendar is color coded i know it is and so is mine and that's why we're so great i know I, I we're such great friends my husband wanted to have dinner the other day so i put him on the calendar <laughs> <laughs> and he got red because hearts oh yeah Aww. see in I'm my so calendar <laughs> red is important stuff you know it's like oh that you, makes you sense have, yeah so like school stuff is blue because that was the default color Podcast yes. stuff is purple because purple is my favorite color. Mm-hmm. Anything to do with my husband or the dogs is a is red because love. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, that's pretty much my whole life. So I don't really have anything else going on. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that I don't have anything else going on. <laughs> yes, I love that. No, I love that things are color coded and there's a reason behind it because mine's the there same. There is. How nerdy are we? Is this embarrassing? Yes, there always has to be a reason behind the embarrassing color coding. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it's like that with my school too. Like my favorite professor, she always gets purple because she's my favorite professor. So she gets my favorite color. So she always gets a purple folder and a purple notebook whenever she teaches one of the classes. That's adorable. (laughs) I try. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you just make my heart happy. I hope you know that. Oh, see, this is why we need to live closer and then we can go and get panda together. I know you wouldn't let me buy you a graduation present of panda. I feel bad making you buy me a present. <laughs> I bought a t-shirt. You can go buy a t-shirt. We will rock oh. each other's swag. How's that? Yes, that's good, too. That's good, too. You also need a wiener bag, didn't we? I do need a wiener bag. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about wiener bag. And then every time I talk to you, I'm like, yes, wiener bag. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Mm. I need to I need to get my myself some like wiener bag stickers and just randomly mail them to people. Oh, that would be so cute. You could do it for like birthdays and stuff. Yes, and they would be like, what the hell is this wiener bag? I don't know what this is. I like to send out um birthday cards for pe- for Patreon members. So I send them a birthday card with like stickers in it, like Prince That's Kai Fanpod stickers. But yeah. I also put glitter and stars in them. Yes, I love that. When they open it, there's glitter and stars everywhere and confetti sometimes, depending on what I have in my craft drawer. Mm-hmm. And now that you're a Patreon member, you will get one. And you, oh. you've been a Patreon member for uh, your, you got your welcome package too. I know, I know. I'm so excited. There's so much in it. I know. I keep getting emails like Bethany sent you something from Patreon. Like what? How? Why is Patreon is very busy? So many things. Yeah. There's so much stuff on Patreon. It's insane. Because we also just had a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Sorry, um, I was not there for that. Hey, hopefully you're there for the party because I just finished making all the games and certificates and prizes for the winners. So uh, if you come fantastic. to the party, you'll have lots of fun. Of course, when this comes out, the party would have already happened. So we'll see who was there. Yeah. Is it weird that you have to sometimes talk about things like retroactively? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And then sometimes I have to like correct myself because it's like, no, wait, by the time this comes out, that will have already happened. But at the moment, it's like three weeks from now. (laughs) Yeah. You're like using a future conditional tense that no one knows how to use properly or understands it's like passive um passive past tense it's like it always sounds kind of wrong but it is correct yeah exactly yeah. i'm so glad we just went into a, like a mini grammar chat <laughs> my big one is uh active voice versus passive voice mm-hmm. you have to write an active voice to, for like academic writing but right mm-hmm. now i'm working on a proposal so all of it has to be um, future text because I haven't actually done the research yet. Mm-hmm. So my Grammarly, I use Grammarly because duh, my Grammarly <laughs> is like, that's not active voice. And I'm like, I know, oh, but I'm it's sorry. not supposed to be. <laughs> it's like the one time when it's not supposed to be active voice. That's fantastic. And people I... listening are like, what the hell is active voice and passive voice? <laughs> what does it have to do with Lunar Chronicles? Nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with Lunar Chronicles, friends. <laughs> Sorry. It's got nothing to do with it. But the next fan art does. Um, the next fan art, see what I did there? Is... That was terrible. <laughs> I tried. Um, yeah, it, you missed it. <laughs> I missed it. But Darn. I love it at the same time. 
So this is from Cosmic Nova Flair, and it's teenage Lavana in her bedroom, which is so cool. She's even got like the little teacup and the the vacancy mirror. I like her dress. I love her dress, and she's got gloves on. Important. She always wears gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that in the corner there's a vanity where the mirror is supposed to be and you can see the faded wall behind it. I thought yeah. that was really smart detail. It's a very good detail. It's a very, like, yeah. very specific. And if you didn't know to look for it, you wouldn't even... Look for it? You wouldn't even look for it, but it's perfect. Same with the little teacup mm-hmm. from the, the first chapter that we had with her. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love Cosmic Nova Flare. She always gives such great fan art, and they're always so detailed. I could seriously just scroll through her Instagram all day. I was just about to say, (laughs) I need to do that. Minus the Taylor Swift. I don't need the Taylor Swift. That's all right. I probably love Taylor Swift enough for most people, so... (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't want to take that away from you. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I don't like her. So you can like her even more. Thank you. See, you're such a good friend. I'm kind. I'm really kind. <laughs> you are. And then, and then when we hang out uh, and eat Panda Express, you'll listen mm-hmm. to it anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's not my yes. fault. She's written so many songs. <laughs> I mean, probably if you keep buying them, she's just going to keep making them. So it kind of is your fault. It kind of is your fault. That's what I hope for. That's what I live for. I'm like, more. I need more. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, This is already not tangenting. That was the fan art for today. Sorry, everyone. I feel like it always happens when I come on. We just talk about random stuff. I'm sorry. It's because we talk. Not everybody that comes on the podcast wants to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true. (laughs) Some of them just, they just don't want to talk to me. (laughs) And those people are wrong. I have to be like, and what did you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, oh, uh... (laughs) <laughs> and then you edit it out. And then uh, I edit all that out and I make it sound really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And no one knows but us. Exactly. And now everyone listening. No, because you're <laughs> probably going to edit that out. Yep, probably. <laughs> you know me so well. I do. Ashley, my former co-host, just got back into town and because she was deployed. So she just got home. And she was like, I get to come on an episode, right? And I was like, sure. And she was like, can I just come on, like, whatever next one you have available? And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's chapter eight of winter in July. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's how far in advance I have everything scheduled. (laughs) That really, you know, I said it earlier, but it just, it really makes my heart happy. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I told her, I was like, you can do as many bonus episodes as you want, because those I I never get enough of. <laughs> I have to do at least one a month for Patreon, and there's not enough There's not enough that I have currently like in backlog, so yeah. Do I need to come back for a bonus episode, too? That Just... would be awesome. We can do whatever you want. I don't know if you should say that. Well, that's fair, but 
<laughs> as long as it's like a good topic. Maybe if I finish the Vampire Academy, we'll do that series because I know there's people on the Patreon that have read it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can let me finish that. that series, and then we'll do a bonus episode on like the whole series. Cool. I'm there. Yay. Done. Can we go ahead and put it on the calendar? (laughs) Color coded. How how many how long are the books? I want to make sure I read them all. Mm, The first one, it's like three hundred something, and then they start increasing from there. I think the one I just read is like five hundred, maybe. I know, they get kind of big, but there's only six of them in the main series. And then there's a spinoff of six as well. But I can recommend a great podcast for you to listen to if you want to pretend that you've read them. (laughs) I only do that if I don't actually want to read them, though. And I do want to read those. I might listen to your selection episodes again just because I like to chuckle. And I love love you and Claire. My heart is confused. (laughs) You guys crack me up. Oh, we just talked about the host. I feel oh like my you, God, you did an episode on the host. Yeah, I feel like you're going to like that episode. How did I not episode. notice that? It, we just recorded it. It's not oh, even out okay. yet. Well, it's I'm not- impatient for it to come out because I love that book. I had a feeling that you would like it. I thought about you a couple of times while we Yay! were recording it. <laughs> Mostly because I mentioned Midnight Sun and throwing a douchebag car across the My car is awesome. <laughs> and how dare you? <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It's not. I was like, I'm subscribed to their podcast. Why didn't I get a notification that there was a host one? Because it's not out yet. Okay, it's not yet. It's next week's oh, episode. I love the host. The host is good. The host is better than Twilight, and anybody can at me if they want. I agree with you, but there's only the one, which is sad. I know, but it, they she did a good job on it though. She did, but there needs the to be more. Was much better. That's why we had that one on the podcast, because of our book club challenge that we do. Um, It fits in with our theme of we want more books that are standalones or incomplete series that we want more of. That's why we did it. I like standalones. Me too. But this one needs more. I because I think some standalones are great and then like sometimes I'll get a series that does like two or three books and I'm like that could have been one book oh yeah you know yeah like I love the selection series yeah but (laughs) I know what you're gonna say though (laughs) that could have been one book or a really good duology it really could have that second book did not need to exist most of what was in that second book was not necessary no. And then the last all. two books I can't stand. No, those don't exist. What are you talking about? There's only exactly. three books in that trilogy. But she, she could have easily made that like a duology or even just one book. Yeah, or it could have been um, a novella. It could have been a short story. Just throw that in. Put it in your compilation with the rest of the short stories. <laughs> yeah. There's, it just depends on, like, the, the, the content of the book. Because movies and TV shows are like that, too. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I realize you guys are making, like, a million dollars an episode, but your content level is really low now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the last four seasons of How I Met Your Mother are just not nearly as good, you know? I've never even watched that. Uh, they were getting, like, $1.2 million an episode, so they just kept going. But the plot had run out already. Yikes. 
So some there's still a few good like episodes here and there, but like the overall arc that they had the first couple of seasons, that momentum is gone. Yikes! Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I don't watch a whole lot of TV though. I mostly listen to audiobooks. That was like the last big TV show I was into. The only show I still watch actively is Grey's Anatomy. And at this point, I'm just as stubborn as the producers of the show. Like, I'm like, okay, I've been I've been watching this for 17 seasons. I might as well see it to the end. Um, but it's never going to end. It will, maybe someday. <laughs> um, my husband stopped watching after they killed off Mark. He loved Mark, and he was not happy that they killed him. So that was when he stopped watching. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Mark and Lexi were great. Oh, that's really loud construction sounds. <laughs> Let's make um some noise on the podcast. Okay, so last week <laughs> I'm really bad. I'm really bad at transitioning today. You really, really are, and that makes it even greater. I'm hoping it makes everybody chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> laugh at my laugh at my misery. Last week, (laughs) Patreon members voted on chapter titles, and pages 49 to 66 is Golden by Fallout Boy, which I love Fallout Boy, but I'm a little disappointed because I really thought I had a good song choice for that one. I'm not a fan of Fallout Boy, so whatever... Whatever you would have picked, I would have I would have picked that one. Um, I chose a song called Lightning Crashes, which is literally a song about a mother dying in childbirth. And the last chapter was Solstice dying in childbirth. Yep. So I was like, oh, I got a good one. And then I lost and I was like, oh, you know, you're the master of your own fate, though. You can just I could lie, but I don't want to. (laughs) Everyone on Patreon can see the votes. They'd be like, Bethany, that wasn't the poll. And I'd be like, shh, stop talking about lightning crashes got one vote. And I'm pretty sure it was my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that I'm on your now that I'm a a patron of yours, I'll vote. I'll vote. vote. I'll vote. (laughs) I'll vote for you. So let's talk about the first part of today's podcast. We're going to cover pages 66 through 75 of Ferrist. Last week, we left off with Lavana waiting in the hospital while Everett said goodbye to his dying wife and Lavana telling herself that Solstice dying was fate because now and her and Everett could be together. Come on, Lavana. Yikes. You know what that is? It's yikes. She needs a therapist. She really does. We talked a lot about her needing a therapist the last time I was on and it's, it's worse now. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time we finish our chapters, even worse. It's so. Is convoluted the right word? It's a good word. It just feels like very progressive. Every scene we get with her, every every time we get to know her just a little bit better, it's like, no, you really need a therapist because this is worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just constantly getting worse. Or maybe worse. a mood stabilizer at the very least. Not that I'm like a drug pusher, but like I have anxiety medication and I know how good it helps. So Yeah. yeah. But Lavana's waiting in the waiting room for Everett and she's pretty frustrated She's, like, hungry and bored, and even though she knows, like, how easy it would be to get food because she's the princess, she tries to ignore it. She's just wandering around the hallway, and she ends up outside the newborn room, 
and she's looking at all these newborn babies and she sees that Everett had a daughter. Yay, a baby girl. She's beautiful, small, and delicate, which I love, and she's the perfect child. (sighs) Also, I love newborns. They're so cute. I mean, as long as they belong to somebody else and I don't have to deal with the two hours of sleep a night thing. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not a fan of babies or children, other than the fact that, you know, like, spending time with them in a library and reading Mm -hmm. stories and stuff like that, that's different. That's different, but I will never... I will never be a mother. I don't like, not for me, man. Not for me. Same. I've never had the desire to be a mom, but I do love kids and I love hanging out with kids and I love babies. I think it's just because I I taught preschool for so long and it's very entertaining watching children experience the world around them. It really is. It's really fun to watch them like, actively learning something it's the coolest thing to ever see and it makes you have a better appreciation for i think everything because as adults we sometimes take for granted things that we're used to and kids Mm -hmm. who are learning about it for the first time you know everything is amazing and mesmerizing and just the coolest thing you could possibly imagine and we're adults so we just don't think about it that way anymore yeah you know, my nephew is learning how to use the potty and he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world that you can hit a button and the water just disappears. And it never occurred to me to think that was cool. And now every time you use the toilet, you're going to be like, oh, it's so cool. It is cool. And it makes fun noises. Isn't you know, I'm, cool? <laughs> I'm sometimes scared of the sound a toilet makes. I'm sorry. There should be an explanation for that because I don't know what it's just. I have I have uh, issues with sound a lot, and sometimes sometimes it bothers me. Hmm. Sometimes I get terrified and run from the room while the toilet flushes. I haven't done that in a long time. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, Bethany, why did you invite this girl?" No, I love it. I'm afraid of elevators. (laughs) Everybody's got something. I do not like elevators. I literally, Quentin took me to a restaurant last year uh, on the 32nd floor. No. Yeah. I hate elevators. They make me very uncomfortable. The thought of getting trapped in an elevator that doesn't open anymore is too much for me. I will take the stairs. Thank you very much. I'm irrationally afraid of wind chimes. What about wind chimes makes you fearful? The sound. It's another sound thing. It's a- See, I'm not, I don't have like a sound thing, but I have a texture thing. I can't mm. touch things that aren't soft. And if I do, I like immediately want lotion. I don't like to touch ceramic stuff. Okay. I don't know. I like things that are soft and smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why my dogs get baths a lot. <laughs> I can't stand when their fur is all grainy. It, I don't even use soap all the time because you really shouldn't give them soap a lot. It's bad for their skin. But like mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll rinse them off at least once a week or like baby wipes or something because yeah. they just get so grimy from being dogs and it's gross. And I don't <laughs> like the way it feels on my hands, but I want to pet them. So, you know, got to come yeah. up with a solution. I'm glad we're really awkward together. I think we're awesome together is what we are. <laughs> where were we talking about babies we're Mm -hmm. talking about babies because um everett had a child (laughs) and she's perfect 
She has a hand-embroidered blanket with a scene from Earth of a cold season that Lavana does not know. This is such an interesting way to tell the reader about winter. <laughs> it is. It's like, hey, here's a tiny little hint of something that you you know. You actually know that, that this is winter. You understand this. But here's this little secret, just in case. I love it. I love it. I, I like the way that it's described, too, because I think this is a good way. Because this is one of the things about writing, because she could have just said that Everett had a beautiful child with a blanket made yep. by, that was clearly made by Solstice. No, we need more than that. We need something that's a little bit more poetic and beautiful than that. And I think that's what she gives us. And that, I think, is also the kind of thing that triggers Lavana because Lavana is looking at this blanket, and it's not just a beautiful blanket. It's a hand-embroidered blanket that was clearly made by Solstice and has some kind of connection to Earth. And now, once again, Lavana makes herself look like Solstice, only this time she has a flat stomach. Well, she's not pregnant anymore. She can't have the belly because there's the baby. Yeah. <sighs> It's so mm. weird that she makes herself look like Solstice. It it's, is really it's uncomfortable. Disturbing. And guess what? It gets worse. If that's even possible. So she flinches. She she looks in the window and she can see her reflection, which makes her flinch because for some reason she doesn't like her reflection. We don't know why yet. So she changes her appearance. She goes back to the pale, invisible girl. And that's when Everett arrives. And he doesn't even notice that she's there. He's like, oh, crap, you would have needed an escort. And then he's like, I'm so sorry for keeping you waiting. And before Lavana can even respond, he's already like paying attention to his daughter. How dare he pay attention to his daughter? I think this is kind of adorable of Everett. He just lost his wife. And it's got to be hard to sees a, a representation of that wife so soon after that loss. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he's like dealing with, he's supposed to be working and protecting Lavana. So I think it's really sweet that he's like, oh, I forgot about you. And I'm going to forget again because baby. Yeah. But like, Lavana shouldn't even be there. No, she should have gone home. She should have left. It's creepy that she's there. They're not close enough friends for her to have stayed. No. I mean, she thinks they are. Well, she's delusional. She thinks a lot of things that are <laughs> she not. She thinks a lot of things. So <laughs> she's jealous and she feels this desperation to be loved because um, she's afraid that Everett won't want her unless she's beautiful. <sighs> Please leave in that pointed sigh from me. Oh, Don't absolutely. edit that out. <laughs> I'm not going. I never edit out sighs. <laughs> So she tells Everett that she's beautiful and looks like you or looks like him. And even then, Everett won't give her what she wants because Everett says, I think she'll have her mother in her when she gets older. I would give anything. She'll grow up without a mother. It isn't right. That makes me really sad because that's true. It is terrible to grow up without one of your parents, I assume. Yeah, I don't know that experience personally, but I can understand how it would be bad. Agreed. It's This is a tough scene. You know, last time I was on, we got to talk about terrible things that happened and 
you know, Lavana getting ignored at her birthday party, which is also terrible. But this is terrible in a different way. It's terrible in a heart wrenching way. It's terrible in a way that's unfixable. Yes. You can get over a really bad birthday party. And you can even have other birthdays in the future. And you can spend the rest of your life having the best birthday parties you can possibly imagine as long as you, you know, are able to, but you're never going to get this woman back. Right. So it's terrible, but in a, a different way, I agree. And this is where Lavana is like very careless with him. She touches his arm and she says that these things happen for a reason, don't they? Look at the child she gave you. She served her purpose. You know, if she had just stopped, <sighs> she served her purpose. Don't say that. I mean, if things she happen- had stopped at look at the child she gave you, it would have been fine. Right. I mean, things. these things happen for a reason is also terrible, but she served her purpose is the worst. That's the worst thing. And Everett feels it. He like jerks away from her, but... That's when she's like, oh, I mean, uh, 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 backpedal, backpedal. Oh, no. Uh, you're hurting now. <laughs> Don't give up a hope. Shut up, Lavana. Stop this talking. This part, I, I do like what she says here. I know you must be hurting now, but don't give up hope on future happiness and all the good things that are still to come for you. Yeah, okay. that's great. Except for she's talking about herself. As long as she wasn't talking about herself, I think that would have been comforting. If it had come from anyone else in Everett's life, a friend, a brother, is something, I think it would have been comforting. But because it's coming from Lavana and because we all know Lavana's true motive, it's not comforting. It's almost sinister. Yeah. Ugh. And it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, so his friend is going to come. Garrison Clay, he's another guard. Garrison is going to take her back to the palace. And Lavana's like, not very happy about this. She wants to stay with Everett. She had fantasies of him taking her back to her bedroom. No. Because he was no longer required to be true to just one woman. This is so... She's 16. And his wife literally just died, like, eight seconds ago. He's not going to jump into bed with you immediately. I mean, even if she died, like, eight days ago, it's unlikely that he would move on that quickly. Ugh. He has to deal with a baby that was just born. And burying his wife like let's talk about babies that are just born that don't have a mother so she doesn't have access to breast milk so he's gonna have to come up with some kind of formula system for her right yeah he's got to figure all of this out a newborn baby he's like you know first first born this is a brand new experience for him and he Mm -hmm. while figuring all of that out by himself he also has to bury his wife and like sell all of the stuff from her shop and just yikes there's a lot that you have to because he also has to like dissolve her business there's paperwork that he's gonna have to file he'll have to sign a death certificate there's probably stuff he'll have to sign in terms of like winter and who she would go to if something happened to him um Like, there's just so much here that could be overwhelming on its own. Like, having a new baby is overwhelming. Losing a partner is overwhelming. Imagine having to do both of these things simultaneously. 
You are getting sleepy. Very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. And guard the princess who won't leave you alone. Right? Go home, girl. <laughs> Don't you have a curfew? You're 16. Nobody wants you here. Go home. She offers to stay, and Everett says, oh, no, I don't want you to see me like this, which, again, she takes the wrong way. Mm. Uh. Sorry. And he says, this, this part's really weird. So she, he, I can tell that he's trying to handle this situation. Can you tell? Yes. Like, she says, I can comfort you. And he's like, no, I, I mean, that's not your role, but thank you. And uh, then he says, like, well, thank you for letting me come and be here today and getting her, getting me away from the queen. And she's like, I would do anything for you. And he's like, um, stop mm. it. Stop. Uh, I'm only a guard. My job is to serve you. (laughs) And this part, she says, you are perhaps my only friend, which is the saddest thing in the world. But his response is a grimace. (laughs) A grimace. grimace. Ouch. Yeah. Burn. Oh, don't talk about burning. Don't talk about burning. Bad. She pulls out the pendant that he gave her and she says that she values it above anything on this moon. So I don't like this, but I feel it. Edward holds the necklace and Lavana thinks, oh, now we're going to kiss. No. And I don't like it, but it reminds me of Cress because, like, every time her and Thorne survived something, she was like, do we kiss now? That's what they do in the net dramas. And so, so Lavana being like, is this when we kiss? It reminded me of that like innocent, naive crest, um, the desire she had for romance just overpowering her her concept of what was reality and what was expected of each situation, you know? Yeah, but it's just so different. It's so different. Cress is tiny and naive and has been literally alone for the majority of her life watching tv like yes that's how she grew up so it's different it's different for her but not levana should know better also thorn is an available man for all intents and purposes yes whereas everett is a new widow father yes who's 10 years older than her and who also works for her her, her, her sister, her family, the crown itself. Yeah. Awkward. It's awkward. It is. 
So Lavana tries to move closer to him and he just kind of keeps, keeps, he keeps her at bay. He's trying to anyways. And so Lavana says, well, he's just being proper because he's in mourning, you know, cause his wife died an hour ago, which apparently <laughs> everyone can grasp except Lavana. <laughs> so up. It's terrible. Okay, wait. You get to say f***ed up, but I don't get to say the title of a book? No, you can't. I just beep it out. Okay. I have a PG-13 rating, so I so when there's curse words, it makes it sound like whoop. That's so much fun. <laughs> so this is whooped up. <laughs> can you please just do that from now on? <laughs> I'll try. try to do it too. <laughs> Everett tells her to wait in the lobby, and he's he tries to be stern about it and says that she, he needs to be alone. And Lavana only leaves because he asked her to, because she would do anything for her, for him. And this is, it's just so, it's so confusing. She doesn't understand why he's sorry. And she wants to understand the situation, but all she does understand is that Everett is a good man and Solstice was very lucky. And now she can be lucky too. No. No. Not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Let this be a lesson to anyone listening who would like to hit on a newly widowed person. Don't. Give them some time. And by time, I don't mean an hour. (laughs) Let them come to you. How's that? Yeah, this this is where you say, I'm here for you. But then you're not actually here. You're not. Sorry, there's a there's a cat walking around me right now, knocking into everything. (laughs) (laughs) But this is where you say, I'm here for you, but you're not physically. Now he's sneezing. (laughs) He's allergic to Lavana's attitude. He he is. (laughs) He is. He thinks it's a really bad idea. Just learn social cues. That would be nice. So what was your chapter title for this one? As the world falls down. Yes, as the world falls down, David Bowie, the labyrinth. I just I can just imagine it all like everything shattering around Everett right now. And then Lavana's there. <laughs> like she's she's the goblin king, I feel like, in in this uh in this instance. She's just there creeping around, but everything is terrible. That's that's what I chose. Yeah, I agree. I picked Every Breath You Take by the police. Mm, that's creepier. For it's very similar reasons. She's, yeah. She is addicted to Everett. She is. This is beyond a crush. This is beyond doodling his name in her notebook in the middle of math class. She is obsessed with him. Yeah, she is. It's very bad. So what was your quote for this one? Okay, so you mentioned this quote as you know being awful and being sad but i really i really liked it when lavana tells everett you're not only a guard you are perhaps my only friend i i love it because you know i i really like the terribleness of everything that's going on right now which is something that a lot of people don't you know you don't like the terrible stuff that happens in stories you're not supposed to like it but i do it's it's really well written terribleness 
And so I love it. I love that. Like it, it's heartfelt that she says that, but it's just, it's the worst. Everything about it is the worst. And that's why. But in the best possible way. Yes. Yeah. And I, and especially out of context, I love the sentence. You are perhaps my only friend. It's very sad and very lonely and perhaps one of the things that makes it so sad is that I think we've all been there where we can relate at least one point in our lives feeling like we had only one person. Yeah. But you know, when's not the time to tell someone that when their wife just died and they're dealing with a newborn baby, not the time. Again, it's all about context because perhaps some of the words she said, if she hadn't said them, coming from a place of malice, coming from a place of like personal motives, I think they could have been comforting in someone else's mouth, you know? Right. She's just missing the social cues. She's missing the social cues. And a lot of what she's doing and what she's saying is very self-serving. And Everett is aware of that. I think he's trying very hard to get a handle on the situation, but I think he's very aware that it's getting out of hand. Right. But like, how, how do you tell your princess, hey, you need to back the whoop off. I like it. I love it. This is not appropriate. How, how do you tell anybody that? I mean, okay. So tangent, a few years ago, Quentin and I went to a going away party. Um, This was when you could still like go to bars and talk to people. Hello. In the before times. (laughs) uh, This woman was there who I had not met who worked in his office and her name was King. And um, she didn't introduce herself to me. She was like mid-conversation with people. And then the next thing I knew, she was talking to Quentin. And I didn't think anything of it because they worked together. Mm -hmm. And then she went to take her coat off and asked him for help. And I was like, okay. That's probably not as weird as I think it is. Then we sit down to dinner and she starts taking drinks of his beer without asking him. No. Then we leave dinner. And again, he she asks him to help her with her coat. Then we get to a cigar bar and she moves everyone so that she can sit directly next to him and even asks me to move so she can sit next to him. And then at one point, I like leaned over and I was like, what are you doing? You know, he's married. And she's like, oh, I'm just being coy. Did you punch her? Did you punch her in the face? I really wanted to, but this is someone my husband works with and they're in the military. We have to be cautious about how we react, especially since he's a male and she's a female. Ew. Yeah. So it was very awkward. And the whole night, Quentin was trying really hard because he doesn't want to be rude. And I, you know, and I'm even taught, like, he and I are not, a, we don't do PDA. If we're in a crowd, he'll hold my hand, but that's more a short person thing. <laughs> but, like, the whole night he was, like, holding my hand or he'd, like, rest his arm on my shoulder or something. Like, just trying to make it very obvious that he, like, wasn't alone and available. Mm-hmm. And this is a grown woman in her late 20s who still was not getting the hint. Even after I said something, his wife said something and she had the nerve to look at me and say that she was just flirting with him. Like, it's OK. No, no, it's not OK. But no. what is Quentin supposed to do in that situation? He's with his wife. He's made it very clear that he's not available and that he's happily married and she's still going for it. 
And this is an adult. Lavana is a child. And his superior. Lavana is a child and his boss. She can mm. literally have him beheaded if she doesn't like him anymore. And he just had a baby. He can't afford to die. Ugh. What is he supposed to do? Do exactly what he is doing. Try as hard as he can in the least awkward way to appease her. But just, there's no words. It, it's just bad. It's horrible. So my quote was, she wondered what it would be like to be a proud and exhausted mother loving and adoring, looking down on the healthy little girl she'd given birth to. Out of context, this is really sad. This makes me think about women that I know who want children and can't have them. Yeah. And it's one of these moments where you do feel for Lavana. You know that there's something in her that's broken and it is genuinely sad. It doesn't make it okay what she's doing. I'm not condoning her behavior in any fashion. It just means that I sympathize for small parts of her. Yeah. And there, the same thing happened to the last time I was on. We, we can empathize with her. We can understand but then at the same time, we know, please stop doing what you're doing. It's not, it's not okay. It's not okay. You're hurting people. And she's hurting herself. <sighs> she doesn't realize that yet, though. She might not realize it, but that's what she's doing. She's hurting herself. Oh, she definitely is. She should have gone home a long time ago. These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or... Do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. Part two, pages 75 to 88. As if things couldn't get worse. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's like those infomercials. Yes. Oh, she dreams of him constantly. Mm. Every moment of her life, all that she can do is think about him. And I, this, again, this is like, I don't want to relate to Lavana, but my husband is in the military and sometimes he ditches me. Fine. Okay, all right. Sometimes he leaves me, abandons me. I'm getting daggers right now. <laughs> Sometimes they make him leave me. Is that better? Sometimes they make him leave me for long periods of time. The last time was like nine months. And I frequently daydream about him because he's gone. And that's my best friend. Yeah, that's different though. And I, I don't mean in the sense of like, we're married, so we're best friends. I mean, like he was my best friend before I started dating him. So even if he broke up with me, that's still my friend. Like, who else am I going to hang out with? I have yeah. to hang out with you because you're the only other person that allows me to be weird. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we, we can, can virtually hang together. out all the time. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Have you ever have you ever had that though, where like you miss someone so much that like they kind of take up every thought in your head? Oh, definitely. Even if yeah. you don't want them to. Yeah, definitely. But you know, I'm an adult. Yeah. With a, you know, mostly fully functioning brain, and <laughs> I can understand things where Lavana cannot. Yeah. Clearly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's different. And it's not okay what she does. It's not. And she really is creepy about it. It's, she says a figment of him is always there. Every time she sees a guard uniform, it catches her eye. Mm. Um, the three days of mourning have passed, but he's still not there. Now it's been a week and he's still not there. I, how dare he? How dare he and, mourn and no, his because, wife? Because she says, surely he misses her. Nope. No. Stop I it. I bet he misses Gross. his wife. Yes. Ugh. The obsession is like really taking hold. And she even starts to, she, ha, she has gone from imagining that she looks like Solstice to replacing Solstice entirely. At one point, she says that they could be a happy family and that she was meant to be the love of his life. Nope. What is that? That's not okay. No. 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 That's just, that's all I have. That's all I have for this section. Just shout. No. Lots of no, lots of yikes, lots of sighs. So as if her obsession needs fuel, Everett <laughs> knocked on the door. No. Dude, send a card in the mail. <laughs> yeah, stop, but, stop giving your stalker fuel. Don't do it. Side note. She's watching a documentary about the lunar colonization, and I need to see it. Right? Yes, I agree with you. I would love to watch that. This needs to be added to, like, Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever right now. I need to watch this documentary. I don't care if it's 11 hours long. I'm watching it. Yep, same. I want to know so much about yep. this documentary. Ooh, yep. that'll be – I'm going to add it for Marissa's questions. <laughs> Will you please make this documentary? Or give me like a, a 300 word quick story about it or something. I need to know about the colonization of the moon. Yeah. I, I got to know. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm adding it to my list right now. I need Good. a colonization of the moon. Yes. And then you need to tell me all about it. Lo and behold... Everett comes in. She's glamoured to look like the invisible girl. Thank God she's not glamoured to look like his dead wife. Yet. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> she is so inappropriate. She's like so happy to see him and invites him for tea. And it's just. So he says like, look, I'm on duty. I, do I can't come in. I was just going to drop something off. She is upset that he was on leave for two weeks. She It upsets her that he felt the need to take two weeks to mourn his wife and attach to his new baby. I know. How dare he, right? Again, how dare he? Because the whole time he's away from Lavana. That's what and matters to her. 
grossly inappropriate. So she says, I'll excuse your tardiness. You just come in and hang out with me. And she almost says she misses him, but she corrects herself. She says that she was just worried about him. And he's very reluctant, but he does come in because she threatens to make it a command. And remember, she is his boss. She's everybody's boss. She's the freaking princess. Yeah. And he looks like he enters a cage when she shuts the door. No. I can just imagine, like, his shoulders, like, slumping and he, like, retreats into himself. I can see it happening. I can see it. And I can see, like, how nervous he must be. And he's probably getting nauseous. Oh, probably. Oh, he's got a sweat going on. He's probably thinking, I should have mailed a card. And I'm like, yeah, Ev, you should have mailed a card. Yep, I should not have brought this gift because it's about to get worse. She's going to think it's, she's going to think things that she should not be thinking. I should not have done this. Regret. So much regret. And Lavana like, notices it. She, she pretends not to notice his anxiety, but she does know it's there. And she starts to think all of her fantasies could be real now because he's there. No. He's stoic and professional and he's slightly anxious, but he is there. No. No. So he tells her he took care of Solstice's business and he auctioned off all of her stuff. And Lavana realizes that she has no idea what has to happen after someone dies. Oh, because she's, she's 16? Because she's a child? She's 16. She's had very little in terms of, like, responsibility. You know? I mean, yeah. I, it depends on who you are, where you live, your circumstances and stuff. But, like, when I was 16, I had two jobs in an apartment. When all of my sisters were 16, they lived at home and had yeah. no jobs and barely went to school sometimes. So... When my husband was 16, he worked at Dairy Queen, you know, like it just depends on your your circumstances and your situation, like what maturity level you're at at 16. Yeah. But knowing what to do when someone dies, I honestly feel like that's not something you know how to do until you have to know how to do it. Right. You could think about it. I've never had to deal with a death in terms of like I'm the one fiscally responsible for taking care of all logistics afterwards. Right. I can think about like how you need to dissolve certain estates and businesses, how you would need to sign a death certificate. Um, you, I have to get a permit because my family practices green burials. I have to get the whole set. I have to get all that kind of stuff set up. But like a lot of those things I wouldn't know until someone actually died and I was responsible for making those decisions. You don't ever want to have to be in that position to like, you don't ever want to have to think, oh, this is what I need to prepare for. This is what I need to know. And as the princess, why would she ever think about any of this stuff? She's a princess. Everybody does everything for her all the time. Absolutely. So it's just, it's completely different. So, you know, it's understandable. Again, we understand this one. I don't necessarily empathize with, but we, un- we can understand why she doesn't understand all of this stuff. Well, because and Lavana even apologizes, not because she's actually sorry, but be- but because she feels like it's the most res- like appropriate thing to do in this moment is to say sorry. Right. That's her way of handling this situation. <sighs> she does ask about the child. Hey, how's that baby that you had with that woman that you How is that not your first your question? Is how's the baby, you know? 
Because the baby does not directly affect her. No. The baby is is simply another piece of Everett. Yes. The baby is just another thing she has to get rid of to be with Everett. And here's where, again, Everett makes a bad decision. No. Everett gives her the quilt from Solstice's shop. Mm, No. That was not a good idea. Because he thinks Solstice would have wanted her to have it. And he wants to show her gratitude for saying for taking him to say goodbye to her. Yeah, that was this not... Is, this is not a good decision, Everett. No. Why do we no. think he came to this decision? Really? Just because of Solstice. Because... Solstice you know, probably told him that she saw Lavana admiring it in the shop. She probably did, because wouldn't you be so excited if the princess comes into your shop and looks at all your things and loves your work and yeah. thinks what you do is great? I would be so excited. Oh, my gosh. You will never guess what happened today. The princess came in and she loved my quilt. Isn't that Absolutely. cool? It's so great. And now... And of course, I think he does want to show his gratitude because if it wasn't for her, he would not have gotten to say goodbye to his wife. Right. And after, you know, after things aren't so great and Solstice knows, you know, she has to know that everyone has to know that Lavana is in love with Everett. And so she, I'm sure Solstice felt pity for her and... You know, we just we kind of want to just take care of her a little bit because, well, look at Queen Channery. She's not the nicest person in the world. And yeah, I feel sorry for Lavana. And, you know, she loves you. So let's take care of her because I she's a tiny child. thousand percent you are correct. She feels a great level of sympathy for Lavana. And I think that's why she got the pendant. I think the pendant was was Solstice's idea. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely it was. Because Solstice wanted to show her compassion. Yeah. You know, hey, it's creepy that you're in love with my husband, but I want you to know that you're my princess and I respect you and here's this gift. But please don't be in love with my husband. Stop it. Stop it. She is. Lavana loves the quilt. But it's always going to remind her of Solstice, and she cannot handle that. So she says, we should give it to your daughter when she's older. And Everett says, that's incredibly kind, and offers her his friendship. That's not enough for Lavana. No, it's not, but it's a great deal more than she deserves. And again, Everett tries very hard to handle this situation with diplomacy, but I honestly think... He should have been more severe. But, you know, he can't. He can't be severe because this is She's a princess. A princess. She She's can kill go. him. Yeah. One scream from her and that guard in the hallway is going to come in. Yep. And they're not going to ask questions. She's nope. the princess. You believe what she says. Yep. So Everett, he's very gentle. He says, I think you're confused. You you mean well, but you're lonely. And I don't want to give you the wrong impression. And... I just, I just want to be your friend. I, I care about you. And if you need somebody, I'm here. But just as a kindness, not not anything else. Just friends. Yeah. Big bright letters, friends. Yes. Line in the sand. Yes. 
but not for Lavana. Lavana instead is like, I'm going to be like Channery and seduce him. No. She uses her gift to do it. No. Stop it. Stop it. She uses her gift to seduce him. No. This is a level of lack of consent that I can't even wrap my brain around. No. That's bad. That's so bad. It's horrible. So she says that he's giving her the world. He's the only one that cares about her. And that his wife is gone, but she's here, which means it's meant to be. And it can't be friendship. He gave her the pendant. He gave her the quilt. He's alone in her bedroom with her. And this is when Everett tries very hard to actually stop. He, he blocks her. He says, stop. But she glamours herself to look like Solstice instead. No. It wasn't working. What else was she going to do? So now she makes herself look like Solstice. Not okay. It's not okay. He says, don't multiple times and it's just not enough for her she says but this is what you want isn't it this way you can have both i'll be your wife i'll be the mother of your child pretty soon people will forget all about the one that died no it'll just be me and you and our perfect family and you'll be a prince everett which will be so much better than being a guard no dude stop it this Stop is it. so. She's completely delusional. Her her obsession has taken on a whole new level. Like now she's rationalizing every interaction and trying to manipulate him into what she wants their relationship to be. And to a point where she's not just manipulating him with her gift. She's using her body. She's using her physical appearance. She's using her words. And she's making herself look like his dead wife. Nope. His wife died like what, two weeks ago? Yikes. Stop it. Just, you just want to shake her. You just want to shake her. This is not the way to go about this, Lavana. so not. And really, as the princess, as someone who can change your appearance, there are so many things she could have done. She could have anyone she wants. She could eventually have Everett, I'm sure, if she went about things the right way. She's too impatient. She's not. If she had gone about it in a different way, possibly. If she had done nothing but shown him friendship and, like, babysat and hung out with his daughter. And then maybe over the years, they, they he grew a fondness for her. Maybe. Yeah. But she's way too impatient. The two weeks he was gone was more than enough time for her. And that's so disgusting. I can't believe it took two weeks for him to get over his dead wife. Ugh. She wanted him to kiss her mere hours later, remember? No. Yes. Oh. It's so wrong. Stop so, it. And, and he's trying so hard. He tells her to stop. He's very angry. And he begs her. He says that she's hurting him. Because she is hurting him. Oh, yeah, she is. <sighs> Again, she uses her gift. No, stop it. Don't. Ever says he was just trying to be nice and he calls her a child. Oh, I love I love that. Good stars, princess. I've been trying to be nice. And she's like, no. Nope. 
You love you me. You love me. You love me. No. Stop it. He he literally says you're a child, and that's when Lavana gets pissed. She's like, oh, I'm as much of a woman as Solstice was. Are you, though? Hmm. Mm. No. No. Lavana also mistakes his anger for passion. He literally no. says, don't. His eyes were sparking now. Anger, maybe. Or passion. No, nope. Lavana. No not means passion. no. It's yep. not mean passion. It means no. How many times, like... I, I kind of want to go back and count. How many times does he say don't? Does he say stop? Does he say no? Let's check. <laughs> so my tally says 23. <laughs> Is that just so far, or did you go to the end of our pages? I went to the end of the chapter. Okay. 23 no's. That's a no, guys. That's a no. That's a no. That's a you know how lawyer. M- y- you know how many no's is enough? <laughs> One. One. One is more than enough. That's just in this segment, too, by the way. I know. That's not even throughout the whole, like, situation. Uh-uh. Yikes. He tells her he loved his wife. And that she's not solstice and that he's going to put in his resignation and he pleads her for mercy. And Lavana is like, uh, no, I'm not going to let you deny me. I'm not going to let you quit your job. And she she's not very good at controlling emotions, but she can control Everett because he's a guard. Ugh. This is very this is kind of a trigger. If anybody doesn't want to participate in this moment, you can fast forward like five minutes. Yeah, really. This is where I would consider she crosses a line into rape. Yep. Now, I don't know if they have sex in this moment, but it alludes to that. And this is crossing a line. She is forcing herself onto him using her gift when he has repeatedly told her no. Yeah. So he tries to fight it. And she keeps saying, you love me. We belong together. And not only does she look like Solstice, his wife who just died, she is using her gift to fill his heart with emotions of love and adoration. And even as he kisses her, even as he tells her he loves her, he is still saying Solstice. Yep. Just imagine all of that that she's putting into him and what's coming out is how much he loves his wife. Do you remember, did you ever see the Disney Little Mermaid? Yeah. The moment when he's sort of hypnotized by Ursula and his eyes are like fogged over like that that weird yellow color. Mm-hmm. And he's basically a um, robot who's like, I love you. I'm devoted to you. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's kind of Everett in this moment. Yep. He's not in control of his body. He's not in control of his emotions. He's not in control of his actions. This is 1,000% Lavana. <sighs> it's very disturbing. It really is. It really is. And, like, I'm, I'm not a person who is, you know, triggered by things like this. You know, I'm, I'm triggered by the toilet flushing and the wind chimes. <laughs> but this is... I, uh, 
But this is all. This is kind of triggering, even though, even if it isn't something that normally would affect you. It is. It's just. It's terrible. It shows you how dangerous this gift is. Like, yes, they can make you kill your friends. Yes, they can make you kill yourself. They can also force you into sexual situations that you do not want to be a part of. And that's not okay. That's like, you know, it's it's a self-harm thing that she's doing here too because you know he doesn't he doesn't want any of this. He said no 23 times. And what I think is very disturbing is that Lavana is so used to getting her way that the only thing about this whole situation that annoys her is that he's calling her solstice. I wonder why he's calling you solstice. Maybe you, because you look like solstice. Yeah. Do you think if she hadn't manipulated herself to look like solstice, do you think if she had just filled him with adoration and used her gift to make him, you know, touch her and kiss her, do you think he would have resisted as much? I don't know. That's um, that's an interesting thought. We don't really know Everett very well as no. a person or as a character. No, I feel like if you wanted to manipulate someone's mind into loving you, I think, you know, you fill them with, with these feelings, these emotions. I think, I think if she hadn't been solstice, hadn't mentioned solstice, wasn't, you know, looking exactly like her and just filled him with this, with this passion, with this love, I think that would have been different. And I feel like he probably could have succumbed to it in a different way. You know, he's he's not going to come at you going, oh, soul, solstice, solstice, oh, I love you, solstice, you know. I think it would have it would have been a manipulation, of course, yes, and he wouldn't have been pleased with himself after the fact. But I think it would be different. Like just just the fact that she is solstice is it's just disgusting. How much of her gift do we think she's using? I know she's filling him, filling him with emotions of love and adoration. Mm-hmm. Do you think that she's controlling his hands, his body, his mouth? Or do you think it's all just the manipulation and looking like Solstice and then eventually he sort of is overcome by everything? I think it could be like a nudge. You know, like she's like maybe making it happen, but then so maybe it was a nudge, but then just, you know, it's got to it's got to overflow. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to come out. So it's possible that she was physically controlling his body as well. But I don't think she was actually like, she's not making his hand like honk her boob or anything. Yeah, but they can, they they can use their gift in that way. So that's oh. why I'm wondering. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't well, think she's I'm going that far. Like how far do we think she's going? Do we think that she looks like his wife and she's filling him with love and adoration? Or do we think that she's also like forcing his arms and body to do things? I don't think she's forcing that part. Maybe a nudge. Maybe like, you know, wouldn't it be great if you reached up and put your arms around me put your arms around me and yeah. held me close yeah but not physically moving his body 
against his will. I agree. I still think that it's um, forced. I still think there's no consent, but... Oh, definitely. I agree that she's not controlling his actual body. She's just manipulating him. Yeah. She's got a full grasp of his mind right now. Oh, God, it's gross. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about song choices. Okay, I had two this time, and I couldn't quite decide. Okay. Obsession by Animotion. But I feel like that's really obvious. That's really on the nose. So then I also thought of The More You Ignore Me, The Closer I Get by Morrissey, which I also thought was pretty good. (laughs) Do you want to tell us a little bit about those songs and perhaps why you chose them? Well, I mean... Obsession, I picked Obsession because, you know, like it's an 80s song and I love it. So Obsession, it's it's all about how <laughs> they're saying, I will have you. I will have you. I will collect you. I will capture you. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? Uh-huh. Right? Gross. It's a perfect fit. That line alone is right. Right. Perfect. perfect fit. Um, but now let's see. Let me pull up the other lyrics. Oh, I wish I had just I wish I had written these down. <laughs> next time. Next time I will. Um Okay, so the the lines from this song that make me really feel like Lavana. Um Beware, I bear more grudges than lonely high court judges. When you sleep, I will creep into your thoughts. Ooh. Right? Creepy creepy oh and also um let's see i will be in the bar with my head on the bar i am now a central part of your mind's landscape whether you care or do not yeah i've made up your mind right you always have such better song choices than me I take things too far. Hi, I'm Amanda. I take things too far. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so I chose, what did you pick? I chose Don't Speak by No Doubt, um, which is a band that I love and a song that I love. And mostly I chose the song because like throughout the moments with Everett, I really felt that moment of Don't Speak. And I don't speak is about someone like ending their relationship when you don't want them to. Don't speak. I know what you're saying. Don't please don't explain it to me. Don't tell me because it hurts. I know what you're thinking and I don't need your reasons. Don't tell me because it hurts. And that's kind of both of them. Lavana knows that he's trying to tell her he doesn't love her. He doesn't want to be with her, but she just doesn't want to hear it. And Everett is constantly telling her, I don't want you to love me. I don't want you to say that you love me because you don't. This is just 
a childhood obsession born out of nothing more than a crush and loneliness, and she still won't listen. So I, that song just kind of came to my mind while I was reading the chapter. Um, and so I decided to just go with it. It's good. It's very fitting. It really is. It also takes me back. I love No Doubt, like especially yeah. early ni- or late 90s, early 2000s, No Doubt. So yeah. good. Yeah. Oh. So what was your quote for this one? My quote for this one was construction sounds. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I could be her, you know, if that makes it easier for you. Gross. It doesn't. Stop it. Oh, so but I love much. it. Stop it. But I love it. Stop it. And you know, that, that moment in the chapter is so chilling because you can sort of, in, in your imagination, you can sort of see her very slowly walking towards him and changing her appearance as she's walking and as she's saying this. And it's mm-hmm. so creepy. It's so mm-hmm. chilling. Yeah. So mine was, a figment of him was with her when she woke up each morning. Um, I think that this is true for both Lavana and Everett. I think Lavana thinks about Everett every morning when she wakes up. Oh, I'm sure she and does. And I think right now, Everett, every morning when he wakes up, he has to come to the realization that his wife is not in the bed next to him. Yeah. And so I think a figment of Solstice is with Everett wherever he goes. And that is one of the main components that Lavana just cannot understand. Then you kind of want to think at the same time, maybe not quite yet, but it could be it could be the same with Lavana being in Everett's mind, but now as like sheer terror. I'm gonna wake up in the morning and she's gonna she's gonna be there. You know, like, I feel like, I feel like it could lean that way as well. I forget. Did you watch Friends? Yes. The moment when Chandler is like trying to talk Gary out of living with Phoebe and he's like, you go to bed and she's there. You wake up and oh yeah, she's there. Like, (laughs) I'm going to insert that right here. She's always going to be there. You're going to get home. She's there. You go to bed. She's there. You wake up and oh yes, she's there. I think that's great. It's very fitting. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm really just pleased that I know that I can insert friends quotes <laughs> at all times yes I, yes i basically okay. have it memorized good me too so this week there were two easter eggs the bonus word hair appeared three times next week we're going to cover pages 88 to 104 and remember if you need to see the list and schedule of which pages we're going to cover for which episode it is on the website so you can go to wixsite.com slash princekitevampod um, Amanda, let's plug a fictional hangover podcast just in case people haven't listened to the other eight episodes that you're on. <laughs> <laughs> Please do check out fictional hangover podcast. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on all social media at fictional hangover, unless you're on Twitter. Cause that's at fictional hangover. no ER. That's the same for our Redbubble shop where you can buy lots of fantastic merchandise, including but not limited to the fantastic t-shirt that Bethany is wearing today. Yes. 
buy lots of stuff. I'm so, so pleased that you bought that shirt and I made it just for you. I I know, which makes it even better is that (laughs) after listening to that episode, I was like, I need a shirt that says my heart is confused. And not only does it say my heart is confused, it has question marks and hearts and broken hearts all over it. I love it. It's perfect. I'm glad you like it. I made it just for you. But really, go and check out Fictional Hangover. We have episodes every Wednesday. We have a lot of chats with authors and voice actors. But we spoil everything. So just know that. And you have done episodes on Renegades and Cinder. Yes, we do have those episodes. So go and check them out. And there's also cosplay that goes along with those. Yes. Which I've shared your Cinder cosplay. Thanks. I still just... I really love the way I know it's awkward for me to like be proud of my cosplay that I did and, you know, talk about it like that, but that my shiny leg, the makeup that I used to make that shiny leg, it was so shiny and it was just like pigment. I don't see why it would be. I don't, I don't, I don't like to talk about myself like that. I don't well, know. Well, I I think you do amazing and I love to listen to it. So, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. But really, everyone go and go and check out Fictional Hangover. I I will be proud of myself for a moment and say that I really like Fictional Hangover and I like what I do. Um when we had Amy McCaw on remember the author of Mina and the Undead, brand new vampire book that everyone needs to go and check out because it's great. She actually mentioned in the bonus episode that she likes listening to the podcast and like my heart melted. I had an emotion, which is not something that typically happens to me. Oh, it was cool. It was cool. I really liked it. She's like, yeah, I can tell that you guys like each other and you like what you do. Like, oh, that's all I ever wanted to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. If you do go and check out Fictional Hangover and have a book that you want us to cover, let us know. We'll do our best to fit it into our schedule. And you can join in on our book club chats. We have a book club the last Monday of every month. You can join us on Zoom. We're talking about Vampire Academy right now, but we're not opposed to talking about other books. Right? I have yeah. so many I could recommend. I really want someone to cover Something Blue by Emily Githen because I just love that book and nobody ever talks about it. Let me but add it to my list. It's not young adult. It's new adult. Well, you know, Fictional Hangover is a podcast about young adult and new adult. Well, then I request but- Something Blue by Emily Giffen. She's the, the main character is 30 years old. I'm looking it up right now it's technically a duology but you under no circumstances need to read the first one and i don't recommend the first one (laughs) it okay i'm married you're married right Mm -hmm. yeah it's about a woman who has an affair with an engaged man oh no i don't like that yeah i can't read it i'm too old and married now it makes me very sad um but something blue is amazing it's one of my favorite stories well i've just put it on my goodreads Yay! Am I following you on Goodreads? I feel like I should if I'm not. I feel like you should be if you're not. I feel like why wouldn't I be? Because that seems like something I should do. Yeah, I don't don't think you are. I'm going to add you. Okay. I will accept your addition. 
I feel like there was something else that I was going to say. Oh my gosh, there are a lot of people with your name. Um, try try ridiculous Amanda. I might come up that way. Okay. I feel like try, I changed try my with username the email to that. instead of the name. I was like, this will pull her up, and then it's like seventy six results, and I was like, wait, what? Okay, that's a lot of people with her name. Yeah, my name's plain. My name's boring. Um, no, oh, I, don't oh, I remember. Name is boring. Well, because it's your middle name. <laughs> um, sorry, I just announced that to the world. Um, oh, what I, I was going to say, <laughs> I just said, um, like 30 times. Sorry about that. What I was going to say is that we are doing a, when does this episode come out? May 24th. Perfect. On May 31st, which is Memorial Day, we are doing a live episode and we're going to talk about a short story. I'll post that on all of our social media soon. We have we have to narrow it down between a couple of different short stories. But uh, we're going to do a live episode at noon Pacific. Okay. I will. It says uh, I sent you a request three months ago. <laughs> and did it's you? Pending. That's what it says. It says pending. Friend requested uh, February 2nd, 2021. That's weird. I I mean, I check yeah. my Goodreads like every day. But it's you're not pending anymore. Yay! Okay, that makes Sorry, me feel bad because I didn't, I didn't <laughs> Sorry, ever see ahead. that Eastern um, Standard Time. <laughs> no Pacific. Sorry, Pacific Time. Yeah. Um, or for those of you under the age of ten who are like Bethany, specific time. Specific time. Yes, it's yeah. a very specific time. On Monday, May thirty first, which is Memorial Day. If you're not, you know doing something for Memorial Day. If you want to watch our live episode, it's happening on Facebook. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can see us doing ridiculous things. And whenever we have live episodes, we play a game called Bring Your Own Book. And it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity, where we provide you a prompt and you have to use a book to find the response to the prompt. So it's a lot of fun. that's fun. Yeah, we have a good time when we have our live episodes. That's fun. I like that. That sounds really cute. I can share that game with you if you're ever interested. Yeah, I do Zoom parties like once a week on Patreon, so that would be awesome. It's really fun. It is. I usually just do like scavenger hunts and trivia, so. Well, now you're going to play Bring Your Own Book. Yeah, I am. And you know what? You can make it Cinder-themed. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> Shocking no one. Right? <laughs> right? So thanks well, for having thank me on you. again. Yeah, I appreciate you for it. coming. I'll have to have you on again. <laughs> next week? The week after? <laughs> well, my next opening isn't until August, so a while. That's insane. Yeah. That's <laughs> a long time cancels. from now. <laughs> uh, unless somebody cancels, and then I can call you and be like, hey, somebody canceled. What are you doing? <laughs> you know... And the, or we could do bonus episodes together. That's true. We are going to talk Vampire Academy whenever you read it. Yes. But, you know, I read a lot of stuff. So if there's anything else that we've read that, you know, we have in common. Well, read something blue and we can definitely do it because I love that book. Does it have an audiobook? 
Uh, yes, I actually have the audiobook on Audible. Is that a thing? Can I just send it to you? That probably doesn't work that way, right? No, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, no, it says I, 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 I'm like 100% sure I can't do that as soon as yeah. I said it out loud. Yeah, you but definitely I, the audiobook is good. Okay. Or at least I thought it was good. Some audiobooks are not great. Right? You know how I feel about audiobooks, Bethany. You know yeah. how I feel. <laughs> it's because you and I are cut from the same cloth. We really, really are. Thanks for having me on for real. I love talking to you. I genuinely think you're like one of my best friend podcast people. Thanks. I like that. that yeah? Yeah. Wow. Wow. We lived closer. We would hang out a lot. Or I, I would know. Ask we were- you, or I would ask you to hang out a lot and you would tell me no the way that. Don't. Way that- no. Stop. 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 You're a child. <laughs> Stop. You're not a child. I mean, how many ways can you say no? How many times can you say it? 23 is not enough. Again, friends, when they're in the coffee shop and the bullies try to take their couch and Chandler is like, okay, there is one more way to say it. (laughs) I can relate everything back to friends. Oh, oh. Thank you for being here. Keep reading. Keep listening. Uh, No means no. And until next time, please do not get glamored if this chapter has taught us anything. For the love of yikes, do not get glamored. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Fairest by Marissa Meyer. The clip that you heard is from Warner Brothers television production of Friends. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guest was Amanda from Fictional Hangover Podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening. We got Verizon 5G home internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll from a gas station. Uh, Or when you bought that used sports car. (laughs) What about when we got Billy that drum set? The point is, Verizon 5G home internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.